Madame et Monsieur, écoutez bien. Welcome to Fashion Mode with Charles McDonald, brought to you in association with Force Magazine on World Radio Paris. Good evening and welcome to Fashion Mode. This is the primetime fashion show for World Radio Paris, brought to you in association with Force Magazine. I'm Charles Daniel MacDonald and I will be hosting the show exclusively for World Radio Paris. Within the show, we take our second look at the top trending fashion features, both inside and outside of the French capital. Within this month, we have been seeing more news from design houses such as Fendi's latest tribute to the late Carol Lagerfeld and Shia Pirelli appointing a new director, right through to the global business of fashion and why more consumers are asking how their clothes have been made alongside new shifts in e-commerce strategies within Facebook and Instagram. Fendi to stage couture show in homage to Carl Lagerfeld. Fendi will stage a couture catwalk show in Rome on the 4th of July in tribute to Carl Lagerfeld, who served as creative director for 54 years until his death in February. Details regarding the timing and location are yet to be confirmed, but the collection will be exhibited in Rome following the presentation, according to the brand. Unlike Chanel, where Lagerfeld also held the position of creative director for over 30 years, it was announced that Virginie Viard, the director of the creative studio of the house, would take the reins. But as of now, no news of his Fendi successor has surfaced. At Fendi's Autumn Winter 2019 show, which presented Lagerfeld's latest designs, the notes provided to the press celebrated the late icon's relationship with the brand, as fashion's longest love story, one that will continue to touch our lives for years to come. Sylvia Venturini Fendi, who met Lagerfeld at the age of five and grew up with him as her family and mentor, currently heads up the house. It will be her work in collaboration with the creative studio that will be displayed this summer. Fendi's last Rome show was held in honour of the brand's 90th anniversary. The autumn-winter 2016 Couture Collection was sent down a spectacular catwalk set surrounding the Trevi Fountain, which the company helped to restore as part of its philanthropic endeavours. It was a testament to what Serge Brunswick, Fendi's chairman and CEO, described as Carol's immense culture and his ability to rejuvenate at all times, to taste all the arts and not to overlook any style upon his death. He leaves us an enormous heritage, an inexhaustible source of inspiration to continue. He said that in a sentiment that will be realised come 4th of July. Shia Pirelli appoints Daniel Roseberry as Artistic Director. Daniel Roseberry is fashion's newest name to know. The 33-year-old designer has been named Artistic Director of Shia Pirelli following the departure of Bertrand Guillon last week. Roseberry arrives in Shia Pirelli's storied ateliers inside a Place Vendôme hotel particular from Tom Brown where he has worked as a designer for 11 years, spending the last five 
as the design director of men's and women's collections. Born in Texas, Roseberry studied at New York's Fashion Institute of Technology before starting his career at Tom Brown. It is my great honour and my joy to pick up where Madame Schiaparelli left off some 85 years ago, the designer wrote in a statement, before waxing poetic on the meaning of the Schiaparelli brand. Schiaparelli was a master of the modern. Her work reflected the chaos and hope of the turbulent era in which she lived. Today, we find ourselves looking and asking similarly big, identify-shaping questions of our own. What does the art world look like? What is identity? How do we dress for the end of the world? It's my privilege to collaborate with the astonishing talents of the atelier and in the traditions of haute couture to carry on the legend and myth of the storied house into the future. The creative shift at Schiaparelli comes as something of a surprise. Not only had the brand recently launched a see-now, buy-now, ready-to-wear collection that was seeing great success at department stores such as the Berdorf Goodman, but it also became well-respected in Hollywood for dressing the likes of Tilda Swinton, Kate Blanchard and Gwyneth Paltrow, amongst other celebrities. Several of Guillaume's pieces will also be included in the Costume Institute at the Metropolitan Museum of Art, upcoming exhibition and spectacular camp notes on fashion exhibit including a fantastical flamingo inspired piece one would expect that Rosebery would continue to mime Elsa Schiaparelli's own obsessions with surrealism fine art and fantasy in his collections if this modestly followed Instagram is any indication he already has a strong sense of the irreverence and wit that defines Schiaparelli's work with an illustration of hand-topped Steine staccato boots for proof. In a press statement, the designer continued of Schiaparelli, one of her greatest legacies may be her commitment to fantasy, her understanding that we need fantasy in complicated times. I want to offer my own answers to these questions and offer my own fantasy, a dream that feels relevant and necessary for today. Chanel's president of fashion on the house's latest exhibition and life after Carol. Sitting down with Chanel's president of fashion, Bruno Pavlovsky, only a matter of months after the passing of the house's legendary creative director Carol Lagerfeld and the subsequent appointment of his second-in-command, Virginie Viard, could well be a slightly fraught affair. After all, this is one of the world's most revered and lucrative luxury brands. And it is just was the man who ensured its sustained success throughout his 30-year-old reign. In fact, so many profounds and questions have been asked that his impact on the brand that today Wagerfeld's name is almost as interwoven as the Chanel narrative as that of Coco itself. But in the sticky Shanghai heat, Amidst the opening celebrations surrounding the latest and largest iteration of Chanel's travelling Mademoiselle Privé exhibition, Pavlovsky is resolutely calm. Nothing is internal, he smiles. The brand is stronger than that. 
The 6,000 square feet compromised Mademoiselle Privé are, in many ways, testament to that fact. If you understand Mademoiselle Privé, you understand the brand, explains Pavlovsky. We're not talking about the product, we are talking about Mademoiselle Chanel, her posture, her vision. An enormous exploration of the house's three core pillars, haute couture, high jewellery and fragrance. It showcases the profound confidence of a brand whose codes are set in stone. Where Lagerfeld excelled was in modernising them, in enlisting the couture ateliers to turn their hand to fabrics like concrete or neoprene. In dressing his cool girl muses in astonishing diamonds, in maintaining the legendary renown of the Chanel No. 5, and other facts. If Coco Chanel established what is now the world's longest standing couturier, then Carl was responsible for ensuring she retained contemporary relevance. Perhaps the most astonishing aspect of the exhibition is the couture tableau installed behind the door of Shanghai's very own 31 Rue Cambon. 33 silhouettes taken from six couture collections from spring-summer 13 to autumn-winter 18. But even more impressive than the hundreds, sometimes thousands, of hours of labour that go into each of these looks, the extraordinary laminated lace, the hand-painted pencil shavings that appear as wooden ruffles, the laser-cut tweed suits that technically reinvented Chanel's most renowned designs, it's the idea that each item, each part of clothing, has an impact that reverberates beyond the lucky few who can afford them. While the garments that compromise Chanel Couture might only be acquired by the most privileged elite, their astonishing creation significantly informs the rest of the house in terms of luxury branding and technical finesse. Lagerfeld was famously obsessed with both the present and the future. After all, as he told Susie Menkes for Vogue before his passing, fashion is about change, and I like change. I do like it when I breathe. The innovation he introduced to couture and ready-to-wear was first explored through the laboratories staffed by his petite mans, who would develop never-before-used fabrics and equipment to provide techniques and finishes, adding to his repertoire. And the ethos of the house, which Pavlovsky repeated, haute couture is an ongoing kind of research and development, a three-dimensional type of art you can live and wear. When in 1997, Chanel's subsidiary Parafection was set up to purchase Paris's couture ateliers in order to sustain their craftsmanship, it inured the safety of the strategy. A set of dying industries were revitalised anew, powered by the strength of Chanel financing and the apparent equity of the deal, there's no monopoly on their expertise and every métier is permitted to work for other houses. When last year, for the first time in its 118-year history, Chanel released its figures, they proved that the success of the mechanism Fashion rather than fragrance or beauty is what drives the business. Those figures also indicate that the company's growth is significantly indebted to the Asian market. Everything we are doing at Chanel is preparing for the next 20 years, said Pavlovsky of the initial decision to invest in the company. 
two decades on, and those ateliers are the key to our product. We need to have that know-how, even more so today. Inviting the public to immense themselves in that savoir faire then is a smart marketing move. You'd be hard-pressed not to wonder among some of these looks and become entirely convinced by the strength of the Chanel message. Phenomenal clothing made with exquisite elegance. Then there's high jewellery, Chanel's equivalent of diamond and custard couture. On show are Coco Chanel's 1932 designs, alongside the sort of contemporary pieces that you'd ought to require an army of security. A 307 carat roulette quartz mounted on a 32.98 carat diamond, a gold plasmatron starring an 18 carat gold, 6.52 carat stone centrepiece, presented amongst a backdrop of lacquered screens created by Chinese artist Wu Guanshen, and amidst a gallery of Carol Wagerfeld's muses, wearing his understanding of Coco's codes, makes for a truly arresting impact. We have had a lot of fans here in China, reflects Pulaski, and we need to give them the opportunity to understand what Mademoiselle Chanel and what the brand of Chanel is about today. What you see here is the future of the brand, because these pillars will continue to incarnate what is so special, what is so unique at Chanel. During a time when speculation surrounding the future is at an understandably all-time high, saturating one of their most important markets in the luxuriant essence of its allure makes perfectly sense time. From the array of gowns to the displays of diamonds, the walls of Chanel No. 5 to the cinema-scale screening of Lagerfeld's films, you can imagine the fans will find plenty to state them. But perhaps more importantly... Shanghai's Mademoiselle Privé is a reminder that Chanel's codes and the infrastructure has been built around them. What long to survive a longer single denier? The job done by Carol Wagerfeld over the last 10 years was in preparation for the next step, says Bruno. What you see here is the future of the brand, because these pillars will continue to incarnate what is so special and unique at Chanel. Virginie is the same, but she is different. She will probably bring some femininity to the Chanel look, but it will stay the Chanel look. We are enthusiastic for the future. Let's see the cruise collection in two weeks. I'm sure we'll all be waiting. Instagram, Facebook and WhatsApp are going to change the way you shop. Instagram, Facebook and WhatsApp are about to change our shopping habits. Earlier this year, Instagram launched a new shopping feature in the US that easily allows users to purchase an item with a single tap of a button. The feature which launched on March the 19th in the US allows users to buy products from the fashion brands including Burberry, Dior and Prada as well as beauty labels KKW and NARS. With the new checkout feature, Shoppers are able to select and pay for an item all in one smooth process. Now, multiple platforms are set to roll out similar shopping features in May as Facebook, who owns Instagram and WhatsApp, has outlined plans to rival Amazon. 
On Instagram, users will be able to easily shop someone's look as celebrities and influencers will be able to tag specific products rather than just a brand. UK customers will be taken to the brand's website to complete the transaction, while US customers can make complete payments on the social media platform. Maybe you look to someone, maybe they dress well, maybe they have a similar skin tone, and so the makeup that looks good on them will also look good on you, said Anna Moriarty, the head of Instagram. Explaining during Facebook's annual conference on the 30th of April, according to The Telegraph. This is an area where we think we can uniquely create a good value. On WhatsApp, customers will be able to browse product catalogues and make secure payments, a feature which the company has been testing with users in India. On Facebook, it will soon be easier for shoppers on Marketplace to complete payments on the platform and ship products to anywhere in the US. Why we should be asking who made my clothes before every purchase? The campaign Who Made My Clothes was instigated by Fashion Revolution co-founder Carrie Somers after the deadliest garment collapse in history. The 1,138 workers that were found dead in the remains of Rana Plaza, a commercial complex in Dhaka, Bangladesh, had to stand for something and spark change. The social media movement encouraged consumers to ask for greater transparency from brands and for companies to keep basic promises that their workers were seen, heard and paid properly within safe conditions because fundamentally no one should have to suffer for the clothes we wear. Six years down the line, there has been slow and steady progress. During Fashion Revolution Week 2018, 3.25 million people asked who made my clothes, according to Townsend Blanchard, and the voices demanding answers are getting louder. The 2019 edition of the non-profit campaign, Group Fashion's Transparency Index, which assesses brands on how much information on human rights policies, environmental practices and supply chains that will disclose to the public. Saw participating companies receive an average score of 35%, compared to of 12.5% three years ago for the data published on factory lists. These numbers are low, but as fellow co-founder Osorola de Castro said at the 2018 Copenhagen Fashion Summit, the industry is built on secretism, elitism, closed doors and unavailability. Transparency is disrupting the fabric of fashion as we know it. Until brands answer, I made your clothes honestly and take accountability for every single person in its supply chain, an opaque shopping culture will prevail. We can't fix what we can't see, explained Castro. We need to make it as easy for us to see the clothes as it is to buy the clothes. The following five labels who granted Vogue interview access to their garment workers are by no means perfect, but they are progressive enough to show the talented individuals who are integral to the business, when countless others said no. Transparency opens an open door, Castro pointed out. Here's a look inside a micro-sector of the industry in the hope that it will pique consumer curiosity, encourage visibility 
and raise an awareness of the revolutionaries fighting who made Mike Wallace as part of the fashion lexicon. It's part of my job to take Molly's designs and turn them into 3D garments, but my daily routine really changes depending on where we are in the production cycle of the season. In the run-up to London Fashion Week, I work very closely with Molly to understand how her research has manifested itself in a collection. She talks me through her sketches, the feeling of the collection, and the mood she wants to create through fabric, construction and proportion. The mood is very important. Then I go off to the creative side of the studio, which is a light and airy gallery space, to make paper patterns and oversee mock-ups before we try them on someone. The tweaks are made until Molly is happy and the design is stable. Then I give the information and the instructions to the production team, including grading for different sizes so they can replicate the quality for the consumer. Molly is a great boss and has a brilliant sense of humour. She really understands her vision and is very decisive. This constant communication is important for my job. Before I started in December 2015, which was near the beginning of the brand journey, I worked in the costume department of the Royal Opera House and made special commissions for people. The real dress Rihanna wore in 2017 is my career highlight, as it's a little bit more different to your everyday. My job is to create dresses that are hand-decorated with traditional Hungarian folk embroidery. I don't have a dedicated workplace. I work alongside other craftspeople in the region and do all my stitching from home. I like taking responsibility for my art, while being mindful of the workers who design the patterns, who make the templates, alongside the fabric manufacturers, the embroiderers and the tailors. It's great watching all the elements of a single garment come together. Dana Alikani from the Mozunjo Sisters contacted me directly in Hungary five years ago and I've been stitching for the brand ever since. Sadly, only older people are interested in doing this kind of work now, but we all enjoy it and nevertheless, we've been doing it all our lives. I hope that you can join us all for the next show where I will be interviewing, reviewing and critiquing the latest thoughts, comments and trends within the fashion industry. With more details and features to follow, you can catch up with all the fashion news on www.force magazine and Force Magazine on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Until the next time, keep your fashion mode on.